0: Hi everybody, Eric from Hit Subscribe here and um, this is actually my last week for a while recording in this particular venue. I'm gonna be on vacation next week and we're actually starting one of our uh, digital nomad migrations. This time we're heading out west towards California. So uh, the next time you see me, I think I'll be in Salt Lake City and I'm pretty sure the room won't look like this, what with it not being this house. So um, I guess enjoy the Naughty Pine Lake Cabin Aesthetic while you can, because um, that's going to go away for a while. But anyway, on to the uh, reader slash community member question, and this one's kind of simple. It's um, there have been a few flavors of this that I've seen, but it more or less like what it, freelancers do for benefits um, as compared to say salary employees. So um, a couple caveats about this particular topic and video. Um, number one, I'm not an expert necessarily in what other people do. Like I've done a little bit of looking into this. But mostly what I can talk about is basically what I've done over the course of time and sort of share that anecdotally and then supplement that a little bit with knowledge of uh, alternatives that people might pursue. The second caveat is that this is going to be mainly US based because that's what I know and because the US uh, frankly ties weird benefits in with jobs more so than other countries. I'm looking at you health insurance. So if you're outside of the US, it might seem sort of bonkers that that uh, your health insurance is somehow tied to employment and and you're right that's bonkers but it's uh, sort of a weird tradition here in the u.s so um i guess i'm not sure if you'll take quite as much away from this if you're outside the u.s caveat emptor um so with those caveats out of the way uh what is it like to do uh benefits or like how do you take care of that if you're a freelancer Um, So the first thing I guess I'd say is a little bit of a cop-out. If you are in a domestic partnership slash marriage type situation, um, what I would strongly recommend that you do is um, if one of the spouses or partners is um, gainfully employed and the other one isn't, use the uh, gainfully employed person's benefits as much as possible so that employer will provide um, health insurance uh, retirement savings etc so take advantage enough of that for two go on a family health dental vision plan um, save enough for retirement in a 401k or what have you through that partner's um, employer etc so that's an easy way to go about it if you're in a situation where um, one of the parties to your partnership is employed uh, lean on that person that's the easiest thing to do so what if you're just on your own or what if you're in a relationship where both parties are not salaried employees Uh, that's where i can speak from experience so when i was first off on my own seven years ago or something uh, my wife amanda we had a domestic partner de facto arrangement at the time because we'd lived together for a while so uh, we spent some time i think where we were maybe both on her employment stuff, but I'm not positive on that. Um, I don't honestly remember that well. But then shortly thereafter, she went freelance as well, so we didn't have anything, and that's kind of the experience that I'll speak to. In the broadest terms, if you are a salaried employee, say you're single, and you go freelance, uh, the answer to what do you do for benefits is you pay a lot of money for all of them out of pocket, meaning the kind of default thing that'll happen is uh, what do you do for, um, like say, vacation, Uh, You don't have that. You just don't get paid when you take time off. What do you do for medical insurance? You just pay out of pocket because you don't have an employer that's kicking in for that. So um, I'm not trying to be flippant here. If you're going to go freelance, you're going to lose a decent um, monetary benefit in the form of all the stuff that your employer takes care of for you, which in the U.S. is often uh, medical, dental, uh, vision insurance. Uh, sometimes life insurance. And then there's things you, that are probably unsexy that you don't even think about, like uh, workman's comp, uh, long and short-term disability. A lot of times your employer will provide those for you. So if you get, you know, I don't know, like a bucket falls on your head in, in the way into the office, like you will actually get some form of compensation while you're recovering in the hospital and at home for months. And that just comes along with employment. It doesn't just come along with being a freelancer. Um, Same with the concept of like paid time off, sick leave, uh, all of that. So uh, the answer is you suddenly have to go into a mode where you're thinking about all these things and you never did before. Uh, Let's dive into them, I guess, one by one, and I'll kind of talk about what I've done historically. Uh, Medical is the big one. Let's tackle the elephant in the room. So if you are in the U.S., typically if you're working a salaried job and you're paying $200 a month for medical insurance, your employer is probably paying about $800 a month for your medical insurance because that is super expensive and a lot of people who are employees don't realize just how expensive it is. If you go off on your own and you just call up Blue Cross Blue Shield and you say, hey, I want health insurance, the sticker shock there is very real. So just to put some actual data on this, when I was, I think, just taking care of my own insurance, I want to say I was paying $600 a month out of pocket. For a lot of years, it was just Amanda and me, um, and the rate there was typically around $850 to $1,000 out of pocket. And These days with uh, the baby, Theo, uh, I think we're paying $1,500 a month out of pocket for the family plan. So yeah, that's super expensive. Also, by the way, we don't bother to pay for dental or vision. We just incur all those expenses out of pocket. Uh, so medical insurance without a whole ton of coverage like a decently high deductible for us is fifteen hundred dollars a month and then there's no such thing in our lives as dental or vision insurance we just pay for all of those expenses without insurance so understand that if we were working a salaried job um probably twelve thousand dollars a year of that would be taken care of by an employer so what that means is um if you're going to go off on your own you would want to be scoping out um your rates and how you're going to get compensated as a freelancer at a considerably higher rate because you have all these expenses that an employer uh, used to take care of for you. So um, I've talked about in previous videos, I'll link here on YouTube if uh, we cross post there, um, I've talked about how I would recommend as a quick rule of thumb if you're going newly freelance, um, divide your salary by a thousand and that's your hourly rate. So. If you were making $110,000 a year, what you ought to go do on the market is charge $110 an hour. Now those things really don't add up, that you're you're charging the hourly rate is almost twice, or maybe a little more than twice, uh, what you would have been making. So if you make $110,000 a year, you make about $55 an hour as an employee, but I'm telling you to charge $110 an hour, so that's about twice as much. Uh, and a lot of the reason for that is because you're going to have to pay for these benefits yourself. The rest of the reason for that is you're not going to be billable uh, the whole year. So um, that is how you handle medical or how I did anyway, is just by essentially earning more money because you're charging a higher rate. And people expect that in the economy. Like It's kind of known by hiring managers and executives and such that like dealing with freelancers versus dealing with employees. With your employees, you're paying for a lot of stuff for them. With freelancers, you're not. So when freelancers charge a higher rate, you kind of expect that. Now there are other things you could do. I don't have a lot of past experience with this, but in the U.S., you can get on the healthcare exchanges. Um, That's not something I have much insight into. Uh there are I think alternatives um and ways that freelancers kind of band together and do group type coverage. You might want to look into that. So there are options. Like there are places and collectives and cooperatives that um cater to the self-employed or to freelancers. I have never personally looked into that. Um maybe I should have, I don't know. Uh, so you have options, but they are not the kind of um, easy, wonderful options that you will have as an employee. This is clearly a downside of freelancing is having to manage the whole medical mess yourself. Um, what would a freelancer do about, say, um, life insurance? Well, uh, that's typically a benefit like that would just come when I was an employee. Um, when I was single and then when it was just my wife and I, I didn't really do anything for life insurance because mm, uh, there was not a lot of people that needed to be provided for uh, in the event of my death these days again out of pocket now now that i have a son we um we have looked at life insurance and we're doing life insurance and it's just a policy i pay for out of pocket the way i'd pay for auto insurance or anything else Um, uh, when it comes to workman's comp you might want to look into something there i actually don't have experience with that i never really bothered um, given how if my fingers can move and i can see like there aren't i mean i don't mean to be uh, blithe about this but there aren't a lot of physical things that could really happen to me that would uh, render me unable to earn a living writing software or blog posts or whatever uh running a business these days so i've never historically worried too much about workman's comp with hit subscribe as we started to take on employees um i think to be in some form of compliance you have to provide that so i now do have workman's comp through hit subscribe um but as a freelancer Something you might want to think about and give mind to, I guess, the question of like if something were to happen to you, and there are things that could happen even if you're a pure knowledge worker. Um, if something kind of reduced your mental capacity in some way, like you had a traumatic brain injury, uh, you would probably want that coverage. So you're going to have to size up your own sense of kind of risk and reward and think about workman's compensation. Whereas with a lot of employees, employers, uh, you'll just have that same kind of deal with long-term and short-term disability so when you're looking into freelancing i might um kind of set this checklist up of like life insurance workman's comp uh, short-term long-term disability and maybe some options for um like health dental and vision and size all that up before you go off on your own and then decide which of those is kind of worthwhile for you to carry uh what about retirement savings um the uh the options there are sort of less limited in some senses so for instance in the u.s um, you don't have to do anything in particular with an employer to contribute to an ira so there are retirement vehicles that you could call up fidelity or whoever whatever brokerage and just say i want to save for my retirement and they can help you out Uh, you could do that as an employee just on your own without your employer Um, and you can do that with a brokerage or a financial advisor or whatever so um if you're serious about retirement savings you don't need to rely on your employer to do that now um it does get a little more complicated if you want to do tax deferment as somebody who's self-employed but if you do go that route you can actually sock away a lot more money as a self-employed person i think you can contribute to some kind of 401k like a self-employed 401k or something up to like fifty thousand a year so your options in some senses are actually um like uh, more varied and more interesting and, and more upside but um you kind of have to take it upon yourself to figure all that out whereas if you have a salaried employer they're like hey just you know check this box and you will contribute some of your salary to a 401k you don't have to think about it we'll even match it so you don't have that you have to be more proactive about it but your options for retirement savings are actually pretty good even without an employer um, i'm trying to remember what i did i used to kick money into an ira for a couple of years, I didn't do anything. Um, I had a an interesting arrangement where I was subcontracting for a company that technically W2'd me because of um, some legal stuff with a contract client of theirs. So it was almost kind of a loophole, and because of that, I got to contribute to a 401k even though I was not an employee. Um, so that was it. Well, I guess technically, I don't know. Um, So I kind of had an odd situation there. Then I didn't do anything for a while, and then with Hit Subscribe, after a couple years we actually created a company 401k that I've been contributing to since. Um, But as a prospective freelancer, this is one of the easier benefits to uh, address on your own. And there's really not a lot of outsized cost to it. I mean, you're going to pay maintenance fees through your employer or transaction fees or whatever for Fidelity or John Hancock or whoever you have, Uh, you'll do that as an individual too. Your employer may absorb some of those administrative fees, but honestly the difference there isn't going to be a big deal. So uh, retirement savings is something you can absolutely do on your own as a freelancer. Um, I guess the last thing to talk about is how would you handle like PTO, sick time, vacation. Um, I think all too often the way that freelancers do this is they don't do those things or they neglect them. So especially if you're just kind of barely trying to make ends meet, you're hustling to find clients when you're not occupied. And then um, when you are occupied, you're really trying to lean into that for as many billable hours as you can, burning the midnight oil. All too common a situation. I wouldn't do that for extended lengths of time, you will burn out. So even if you're not making the kind of money you want to, maybe after a gig ends or something, give yourself a week or two, like make sure you're getting a break. And i don't mean a break from just billable work like you know go to the beach or something take a week off that's important don't force yourself to work when you're sick so my advice here is really when you're going off on your own just like you're going to think about um how you're going to handle insurance what kind of insurances you want to carry think about how much vacation and sick time you're probably going to need how much time to tend to your family and stuff and then again factor that into your projections for how much time you need to spend being billable what kind of rates you might set, and generally like what your financial picture would look like. So don't just assume that you can hustle, 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 or whatever through that and not worry about PTO and sick time. Make sure that you're planning for it. Um, Think of, uh, I I guess the advice that I could give you is, you you know, maybe for our community that we're doing, at some point I'll create like a, a spreadsheet like this to model it out but um, what i would do is kind of set out like your income target think about how much time off you want each year and don't sell it short shrift like do something comparable to employment like give yourself 10 days off i mean like if you're in the u.s you're not going to be billing people on the fourth of july anyway nobody's working so build in your holidays and then build in two three four whatever weeks a year of pto you want Uh, are you a sickly person build in some of that time too and then you can kind of use all that in a worksheet along with the like sort of insurance and stuff to kind of set some parameters, you know? So um, if I assume I'm gonna be working 35 billable hours a week, 45 weeks a year, what kind of rate do I need to bring in for that to make economic sense over the long term? So you really wanna be thinking about all that in advance. Um, I will say that kind of opportunistically, especially in the early going, you can sort of opportunistically, um, I think I just said that twice, but opportunistically snag your uh, free time between gigs or whenever, like if you're doing staff augmentation at a client site and you know they give everybody the week of Thanksgiving off, like hey, there's your vacation. So look for those spots rather than forcing them. Um, you know, be judicious about it and kind of do your best to make them natural, like ebbs and flows in your business cycle. Anyway, but do not skimp on them because uh, you might be on your own and really wanting money and 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 all that now. But like a year into it, two years into it. Um, novelty has worn off and it can start to feel like a slog and it'll feel like a slog much much quicker if you're not uh, properly taking time to recuperate and rest your brain um so i'm trying to think if there's any other benefits that anybody asked about that i didn't address i mean i guess there are more exotic benefits like tuition reimbursement or a company car or what have you um but I can't think of any more exotic benefit that's like obviously addressed by being a freelancer, like as a freelancer you're not expecting someone to pay for your tuition. So I think that more or less covers it. Um, To recap, really when it comes to being on your own, having your own business or being freelance, just the, the, the summary of it all, the gist of it all is that you really have to be a lot more involved. You could think of it as that you have to become your own like HR benefits specialist. You have to know where to go and get insurance and who to ask about these things. You have to really make an effort to figure out how much time off you can take and when and what makes sense. Um, and you generally have to kind of look after yourself in all these capacities. Uh, so go into it knowing that. Don't let it overwhelm you. Like I, I'm kind of making that probably sound pretty daunting, especially talking about spreadsheets and stuff. Like you'll figure it out. But you do have to be pretty deliberate about it, and I wouldn't go into it just assuming that the universe will provide medical insurance and retirement savings and stuff, like you're going to have to figure all that stuff out, but dig into it a little. Um, Ask around, ask other freelancers you know. If you can join a community uh, where they uh, help explain some of this to you, absolutely do that. Hey, shameless plug, we are creating a community for Hit Subscribe where we're going to help uh, freelancers with exactly this kind of thing, so join our community, ask questions. I'm um, happy to share knowledge there because there are a lot of people that have done this before you. So even though it might feel daunting, um, you can get some pretty easy, solid advice that's more tactical, too, and less general than this. For instance, if you were to come to me and um, ask questions about your specific situation, I would probably have um, more pointed advice than just you know trying to give advice to everybody who might watch this. So, um, yeah, get help. Uh, give it some consideration. Be intentional about it up front, but don't let it overwhelm you. That's kind of the gist. Um, So yeah, hope that answers the question slash questions that some of you had. And I hope that helps everybody that's watching. And I will catch you next time uh, from a different place. So that'll be fun.